Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Hey, how we doing today? Hey, everybody. My name is John Carlos. Um, I'm so excited to be with you today uh, sharing this message. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, happy... Uh, Hispanic heritage, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soy Boricua, Puerto Ricano, um, and so uh, I'm gay as well. Um, I'm here with my lovely, lovely husband, Fabo, um, and today the topic that uh, I was given to me, uh, the topic that you, you, I'm pretty sure that you woke up today and you were like, I want to hear a message on singleness by someone who's married. That's what I want. I want someone to opine about what it means to be single by someone who, like, um, yeah, is married. So I- I'm here to give you that. Uh, and uh, just, a, just like, there's no shame here. I know we're, you're, this is going to be a good message, y'all. But uh, raise your hand if you identify as single. You are not in a relationship right now. You are single. Oh, yeah, look around. Trying to help you out. Look around. Look around. Fabo, put your hands down. You are not single. Okay, we talked about this, Fabo. Okay, so, um, well, um, you know, there were a lot of directions I could go with this. You know, like an early draft was three strategies for using Grinder, but Tyler was like, maybe it should be more biblical, and maybe people have other identities, and, you know, it's all that. Okay, so, so we're not doing that, and we thought about, you know, launching Circle Plus. It was going to be a dating app for New City. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you match with someone, and they still didn't talk to you, not only would you feel bad about you, you'd feel bad about God. And so that was what, like, the unique, kind of like that, like, different thing, you know? Uh, instead of like the app that was meant to be deleted, it was like the app that you can read after you read the Bible or something. So, but we're like, no to that, maybe no to that, you know? So I, I want to talk to you about singleness, but further, like, this is not like, a, if, you're, if you're not single here, I believe God has a word for you. I believe w- regardless of your relationship status, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, regardless of where you find yourself in, I believe God has something for you. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to just start out with some um, tragic stories uh, from my, uh, my past, and we'll get into like the, the kind of the meat of the message. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So when I was younger, imagine like Jean, like 20-year-old Jean. I'm 28 right now. And I like was like, I didn't have any facial hair, right? I was like a nerd. I was awkward. And I found myself in um, kind of a, it was, it was a hard season. Like I withdrawn from school. I was battling depression. I was living with my parents. Um, I had moved to Houston, Texas, where my parents were at the time. Yep. Um, and I, I actually found myself a, a part of one of the largest Hispanic congregations in the country. We're talking like 7,000 people, right? Um, but it still had, you know, because Latino Church is an amazing community, it still had really, really close community. And let me tell you that there is something beautiful about watching 7,000 people worship God in Spanish. And you realize that God can't be contained to a specific culture. God cannot be contained to a specific language or a specific country. God is bigger than that, right? And here are people having a real experience of the Spirit of God, right? And a lot of my faith training, development, discipleship happened in English churches. And so this was really beautiful for me in that time. Tell you that because I, you know I'm about to drag him. So, um, so you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
good experience, mostly 95% good experience. So what happened was is that, you know, I, I was single at the time. I was in the closet, you know. I, uh, I, I knew since, like, my senior year of high school that I was gay, well, that I was attracted to guys. But there was kind of, like, that hope, you know, that, like, if I found the right Christian girl, you know, if I just found the right Christian girl. Um, and so I go to this church, and uh, I become a part of their young adults ministry, which was called Conexion. We should have been the red, first red flag. Should have been the first red flag. Should have been some foreshadowing that this story is not going to end well. Uh, conexión, right? Conexión means connection in Spanish. Um, and so I was uh, in conexión, and they, they, had a, they, had some, they had some goals, you know, for, for you. Um, they wanted to make disciples, right? That was like goal number one. But goal number two sometimes was more important than goal number one. Goal number one, make disciples. Goal number two was match people up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been a ch- in a church or a ministry where, like, you wanted people to connect to the divine and you wanted people to make some connections, you know? You wanted people to have a relationship with God and you wanted people to get into a relationship. And, and that specific relationship, a heterosexual, godly relationship. And so... You know, I start going to Conexion, and I have these small group leaders who, like, oh, you, you have, yeah, I did not find that on the web. Okay, so I, I was, um, I, I go to this small group leader, and this is not their person's name, but we're just going to call her Carmen, right? And so these small group leaders were like, you got to meet Carmen. Oh, my gosh, you got to meet Carmen. Uh, and she was this beautiful, kind, generous, Colombian a uh, person who was my age, right? And, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll meet Carmen. Um, and uh, I think, you know, to Carmen, he was like, oh, you got to meet Jean-Carlos. Oh, you got to meet Jean-Carlos. And so um, we were going to have like a Bible study night, right? And, you know, let me just tell y'all, just right here, Bible studies are like my terrain, okay? <laughs> Bible studies are like, I am a Christian, I am a nerd, I am ready, okay? If you've not been to a Christian Bible study here is what my expectation of that night was, is that we were gonna, I was going to get picked up, we were going to drive to someone's home or apartment, we were going to eat something, snack on something, hang out, and then we were all going to get in a circle, in a living room, and we were going to open up the Bible, right? We are going to go to John chapter 5, right? Romans chapter 8, Psalm 23, something like that. We were going to read it. We were going to pray at the beginning. We were going to pray at the end. We are going to discuss how it applies to your life, and we were going to go home. And that was a good expectation, y'all. That was the marketing. That was the clear advertising of that night, okay? So I get picked up to go to what? A Bible study. And who am I sitting next to? Carmen. Carmen. Amen. So uh, I'm like, I'm sitting next to Carmen, and we're driving. And I'm like, oh, so are we going to your apartment, the, the small group leader's apartment? Are we going to your, you know, your home? Like, what, what's going on? Oh, we decided that for our first Bible study meeting, we would do something fun. So we're going to go see a movie. Okay, so imagine awkward 20-year-old closeted Jean-Carlos sitting next to an attractive Colombian girl that they're clearly trying to match me with, right? And now, who do you think I'm going to be sitting next to during this movie? Carmen, right? So I'm like, oh, oh no, no, not this, right? So, you know, but here's the good thing. What if it's a good movie, you know? There's going to be other people there. It's going to be fine. So what movie are we seeing? And guys, I, I, can't, I can't make this stuff up. Like, we were going to go see Fifty Shades of Grey. 
okay? They look at me with a straight Christian evangelical face and they tell me that I'm going to have to watch Fifty Shades of Grey next to Carmen from Columbia. Okay? Do you understand? There are rules. Purity culture has rules. And they broke all of them in the name of heterosexuality. Do you know what I mean? All pure, lost, no, they broke all of that in the name of hooking us up, right? And so I was not, I, 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 was, getting, I, was, I was getting real nervous in that car, y'all. Because I was like, oh, you know, I was, I was like, at first I was like, movies, I like movies, movies are movies. I was like Harry Styles at a press conference. I was like, movies are, yeah, it's like a movie. Yeah, very nondescript. And so I'm here and I'm like, okay, yeah, y'all, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch Fifty Shades of Grey with, with Carmen. So we picked any animated movie that was going on at the time, which is kind of worse. I mean, better, but worse in the sense that it was just us two in a theater. And there was these expectations about me making a move or me like, you know what I mean? So I don't remember what happened in the beginning, middle, end of that movie. I have no recollection. Um, and they would like try to match us up. They would invite us to hang out somewhere. And then like, they would leave us alone, right? I remember this one time, we were like, I, again, can't make this stuff up. Like, we were watching a movie in a bed, in a room, and then they left, closed the door, and left. Like, they left, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, I'm not telling you this is normative, but I am telling you that the desire to prevent people from being single, the desire to like get people together was so strong that they broke all those rules, right? What caused that? Like what is that, that like the, like the, the, the desire to like help people have a relationship with God became secondary to like making people not single? What does that say about being single? That it's something to be avoided? That it, that it makes you incomplete? That it, that, that, that it says you're deficient in some way, and that this ideal state is marriage. Newsflash, Jesus wasn't married, right? Like, and so there's all these things. Some of the greatest people who have brought the greatest amount of liberation in history, in the Bible, in culture, and in, in, in any country were people who were single. People who were not married. And yet someone somewhere created this lie, this myth that marriage was the model. Marriage was the ideal, right? Um, I want you to know that you're not incomplete. I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you. And furthermore, I want you to know that whatever season you find yourself, there's something here. There's something now that God is doing. There's something here. There's something now. There is beauty to be found in whatever season you find yourself, whether you are building or tearing down whether you are mourning or giving birth, whatever season you find yourself, um, God is here. Um, and so a couple years later, I, um, you know, I, like, I came out of the closet, yay. Um, and I was single, and I, I, I didn't want to be single. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, for the, I was, you know, a lot of people start dating when they're like, 15, 16, and I started dating when I was like 22, 21. Um, and so I was like really late to the game and I was gonna make up for lost time, amen? Um, and, 
And, you know, I mean, I would, some people would call that a learning phase. I think the biblical terminology is a hoe phase, but whatever you call it, like, there was a six to 12 month period of my life where I just, like, anybody, God, anybody, like, please send me anybody. In that season of my life, I was catfished not one time, not two times, but three times. Do you know what I'm talking about? Buy me a drink. I will tell you those stories. We don't have time. So, like, I just wanted to be in a relationship, y'all. I just, like, my gosh. And I, you know, and I, that was a season, you know. That was a season. I, I just, like, I, um, I, I, I was healing, of course, from homophobia. And I was, like, discovering kind of this newfound freedom. And I, yeah, I, 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 I wanted so badly to be in a relationship. And while I learned a lot. Um, it's worth noting that there's something that happens when you're here and you really, 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 really want to be there. There's something that happens when you're in one season and you're working so hard to be in a different season. When you don't recognize what time it is. When you don't recognize what season you find yourself in. And so I want to ask three questions. And let me tell you, whether you're single or not, these three questions uh, you can wrestle with. These three questions you can, you can spend some time on. And, and the first question is, what do we do when we're here and we really, really, really want to be there? When we don't really want to be in the season, whether that means we want to rewind to a season that was, that we think was beautiful and awesome and perfect. Usually it, it wasn't, honestly. Like no, no season is perfect. Or we want to be there in a, uh, in a, in a place with, where we're not single or in a place where we're in a different job or in a place where we're in a, a different moment in our lives, right? What do you do when you're here and you really, really want to be there? The second question is, what do you do when you're here and other people want you to be there? When you actually like here, when here's working for you, maybe that previous season was actually killing you. You're finally free. You're finally in a place where you know who you are and you know what time it is. Um, And yet there are people in your life, friends, family, or maybe society as a whole that are telling you that you need to be somewhere else right? How many of you, you know, I know there are a lot of things wrong with America, but I want to submit to you that one thing is also wrong with America, and that is surveys. Do you know what I'm talking about? White supremacy is really, really bad, but can we just give a little attention to surveys? Can we just, surveys are the worst. We can't just eat a pizza anymore. I have to tell Domino's from a scale of one to 10 of how likely I am to recommend their services and products to others, and I just want to eat a pizza. I can't just like call Wells Fargo and get something fixed. No, I get an email asking me what I think about Wells Fargo. I can't like go to, I can't even go to HCMC or Hennepin Healthcare anymore. Like without like an invitation to give them information about my experience. And you know what that is? It's labor, right? At first it was like innocent, like, oh, Do you want to like give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down? And it was like, oh, we're not asking much of people. No, no, no. Every time Microsoft Excel breaks down, falls apart, I get a little pop that says, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your experience? No, I don't want to tell you more about the experience. I don't want to have to explain or justify myself every time I do something in society. 
Now imagine if you had to explain or justify yourself every time you did something in society. And there are these situations where maybe you're in a type of relationship, right? Some of us here might be practicing monogamy. Some of us here might be practicing ethical non-monogamy. Some of us here might just be practicing. And, you know, like whatever that means, y'all, but like you're doing a thing, a thing, right? And you know where you are and you know who you are and you know what you're doing and yet you have to explain that to your parents, to your cousins, to your friends on Facebook, to the people that understand. I had to be who I was and yet there was a church that really, really wanted me to be in a straight relationship. And when we have to explain or justify who we are to other people, it's labor. It's labor. And then the third question is, what do we do when we're here and God hasn't taken us there? What do we do when we're here and maybe we've prayed about it, maybe we haven't, but God hasn't changed the thing. We're still here. It's still now. And we've been asking about it and praying about it and thinking about it and worrying about it. And it doesn't seem like God's been moving on it. Um, I remember uh, as a part of that uh, church community, uh, I remember sometimes strands of prosperity theology would come in, right? Prosperity theology, for, uh, for you if you don't know, is this idea that if you follow God, God will make things good for you. I mean, it's kind of like a subtle belief sometimes. But if you do... Th- the right thing and the good thing and you, you show up to church and you read your Bible and you pray and you, you develop relationships, with, uh, a relationship with God and you love people and maybe you give money to the church or something, right? If you do all these things, then God is going to bless you. And usually that means financially, like you give uh, and God gives you money or something. And it, it's easier to like look at that and be like, uh, that's, <laughs> that's not how finances work. Um, or that's like everyone, like lots of people in the Bible are poor, y'all. Um, uh, but... Um, but it's easy to apply that to relationships, which is to say that if you do everything right, of course God is going to hook you up. If you do everything right, of course God is gonna get you a smoking hot insert here, right? And here's the thing, like, I, I remember like being a high schooler and a college student doing ministry, and there was this ongoing joke that if you did ministry, God was gonna get you a smoking hot partner. Um, and here's the thing, I am, spiritually obligated to tell you that is theologically inaccurate even if it worked out for me, okay? And I'm just, I, I, I don't want to be hypocritical here. It doesn't work, but it did work. Amen? Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Anyway, so, um, but here's the thing, y'all. Like, I remember being in that church and I remember being in that church and they had this story of this guy who was on staff, who had served God all these years, who was trying to find a wife, right? And, um, wasn't finding a wife and was praying, 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 wasn't finding a wife. And, and then that person like left the faith, left the church, left, like was like disillusioned. And that's where the story should end. But the, the pastor then gets up and says, you know what was wrong there? What was wrong there, he didn't pray more. What was wrong there, he should have he he kept going because of course God was gonna get him a partner. And so, like, if God doesn't get you a partner, is that, like, cold, hard proof that God's not real? Do you know what I mean? If, like, if you don't, if you die and you don't find somebody, is that, like, all the evidence the universe needed that this whole <laughs> God thing's a lie? <laughs> like, does the whole thing stand on that, right? And here I am, and I, 
I, I just, the thing is, is that like we, relationships aren't just relationships, they're like where we put our dreams on. And, and, and here's the thing, like relationships are also seasonal. Like being single is a season, I want you to know that, but being married is a season too. And I don't think people recognize that, y'all. Like, best case scenario, someone dies. Do you know what I mean? It's not funny. It's not the weird. Like, someone dies, and then you're a widow, right? And we, that, that's, our community has widows, right? But in a lot of other cases, a relationship ends. And if all the dreams and all the hopes are on that relationship, how will you move on to the next season that God has for you? And so the thing is that, you know, there is a season for everything. And sometimes we are told that marriage is a lifetime, it's a forever thing. Do you know in the scriptures, Jesus says that there isn't marriage in the next age? Yet we were sold that marriage is like forever. It's not forever. At best case scenario, it's temporary. I love Fabo. My relationship with Fabo is good and healthy, and it is temporary. It is a gift. I can't take it for granted. I can't act like it's going to be here forever and ever. No, no, no. Every moment is a gift, and it is when we feel entitled to it, is that when we, we think it's forever, that we start treating each other for, and taking each other for granted. Everything has its time. Everything has its season. Everything is temporary. And it's really funny, when we look at the passage, it ended by saying, like, here's the context. Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. It's one of these wisdom poetries. And it, it, is, it is like a philosopher thinking about, like, what is the meaning of life? And he tries a lot of things. A lot of the chapters tries a lot of things. But it's just really funny that it's like he has a Ph.D., and his conclusion is, you know, y'all, I think the point of this is just, like, eat, drink, and be happy, y'all. Like, <laughs> isn't that kind of a letdown of, like, an answer? The guy thought about all the purposes of our life, all the ways that we could be complete. And he's like, you know, I think the point is Texas Roadhouse after a long week at work. You know what I mean? Can I tell you, you can go to Texas Roadhouse and not be married. Like, if the goal is eat, drink, and, like, feel happy about the result of your work. Y'all, we can do that in any season. And so what I want us, what I'm here to communicate to you is, the question is not what. The question is when. The question is not what should we do. The question is what time is it? What time is it in your life? What season do you find yourself in? Where are you? Because when you understand what time it is, whether it's a season to build or to tear down, to move forward or to stop, to go faster or to slow down, when you understand what time it is, you understand what to do. Here's the thing. A lot of times, Christianity religion likes black and white answers. Do this, don't do that. But you need to realize that love, what love does depends on what time it is. What love does depends on what time it is. There are times when the relationship advice is stay. There are times when the relationship advice is go, right? There are times when telling someone that they should stay is 180 degrees different from what God wants from them. It's the opposite. And if you tell someone to stay when they should go, that's not love 
right? And when you tell someone to go, when that's not that season, that's not that moment, when you tell someone to be in a relationship, when they're not supposed to be in a relationship, you're also giving the wrong advice. And so we need to understand that it's not what to do, it's what time is it? What time are you in? What season do you find yourself in? Because when you understand what time it is, you understand what to do. I, um, I wrote, for, for our wedding, I wrote this beautiful uh, poem four years and two days before I got married about my prayer finding a partner. And I, I was looking for it. Now, I, I, I'm not going to share it because it, like, it would not make the point of being, yeah, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the focus of our time together here. But as I was looking for that passage, that, 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 that poem I wrote, four years before, like years before I met Fabo, that prayer I had, I found another journal note because I, I looked for like partner suitable for me. Like, that, that's like a, a, a reference to Genesis. And I found a journal from 2017 where I was talking about dating apps. And I was like, my prayer was, God, should I keep these or should I delete them? And I wrote, and I quote, I will not find my future husband on Tinder. I will not find a partner suitable for me on Grindr. That's what I wrote at that moment in that season. Guess where I found Fabo? On Grindr, actually. But thanks for, thanks for being generous there. Thanks for, that was generous of you to say that. Um, so here's the thing. I was wrong. I was wrong, right? Because it's not black and white. It's not don't do dating apps or do dating apps. It's what season do you find yourself? What moment are you in, right? And so we can't, we need to be, we need to, as a community, we need to be, we need to, I think sometimes the questions that we ask people to explain themselves or justify themselves are usually lazy. It's like, oh, well, you're a high school senior, where are you going to college? It's lazy. We're not trying to be mean, and they're not trying to, like, not know what they're doing with their life. But, like, that question of, why are you going to college? It's just, like, a lazy question. And so sometimes we do that with people. We're like, oh, are you dating anybody? What if they're not dating anybody? Do you have to date anybody right now? Like, like the people that really want to date someone, and someone asks them, are you dating anybody? It's like reminding them of what they're missing. And that's not good. It's like, I remember a friend said, I don't like wa- walking on the Stone Arch Bridge. And I'm like, why don't you like walking on the Stone Arch Bridge? It's like, it, when I walk in the Stone Arch Bridge, I'm reminded how single I am. <laughs> because it's just a bunch of couples walking together. And so there is an invitation for us to know what time it is. So I want us, as a practical thing, I want us to know three things. The first is know what time it is. Every season is different. There are seasons to go. There are seasons to stop. There are seasons for more. There are seasons for less. And God makes everything beautiful in its time. Two years ago, um, yeah, my, my grandmother passed, and we went to Puerto Rico, and I stopped everything. We, 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 we got on a plane, you know, and we, 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 we went to the hospital, and unfortunately, by the time that we had made it to the hospital, she had passed. We, we didn't know that until we got there. And, but I had this clarity that this was a time to mourn. My work didn't matter. It was going to take a back seat. I was going to take vacation, bereavement. I was going to work remotely, whatever it take. Work was not the answer in this season. 
my job was to grieve and to help my family grieve. I was not there on a vacation to Puerto Rico. I was not there to sightsee. The advice that you might get in Puerto Rico was different than the advice I needed at that moment. I was there to be present with my family and to mourn. Friends, if you, don't, if you miss the season you're in, that season will haunt you. If you don't mourn the things that need to be mourned th- during the time that it's supposed to be mourned, that season will haunt you, right? When we are at a time and we wanna be in a different time or we're at a time, we're at a place and we wanna be over there, and so we're gonna make it there. We're gonna make that person the right person even though they're not the right person. We're gonna make it at the relationship even though it's not the relationship and you know it's not the relationship. When we do that, it's, it becomes a waste of time because we can't make things something else. The invitation is to fully engage with here until you're there. And once there, to fully engage with there until you're here. Do you know what I mean? I knew the clarity of knowing what I was in Puerto Rico to do let me love accordingly. But those who didn't understand that season or that moment couldn't love accordingly. The second thing that I want you to know is you need to know who you are. You don't just need to know what time it is, you need to know who you are. I'm listening to a Lizzo song called To Be Loved. Am I ready? Have anybody listen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Can we do that as the last the closing song, please? Uh, just kidding. Um, but like, if Lizzo struggles with being single and being in a relationship, yo, I don't want to end on a bad note, but what hope is there for you and me, you know? Like, just kidding. Um, but like, really, like, she, there's a part of that song that's like, like, I know my worth, right? Like, I know who I am. And so I'm living accordingly. And so I think there is an opportunity for you to know who you are. If you're, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're asexual, like whatever your gender identity or relationship status is, when you know who you are, you realize that you will never find peace getting other people to accept who you are. You find peace accepting who you are, right? I can't make your grandma, your aunt, that person at your workplace get it. And truthfully, explaining yourself to that person is labor and ineffective. Peace doesn't come from getting them to change their mind. Peace comes from knowing who you are and knowing that you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. You don't have to justify who you are, what you're doing to anybody, that you require no explanation. And when you realize that, you, you, you stop, like I, I, every pride I get like messages on Facebook Messenger, like, oh, tell me what your biblical position is on homosexuality. No, 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 none of that, none of that. And the third thing, and the thing I'll close with is, know who's always with you. Um, it's hard for me to say this because it almost feels cheesy. And I, I'll be honest with you, like seasons are, can be really hard. I don't know what season you're in. I don't know how hard it is. I don't know how much you desire to be somewhere else. I don't, I don't know that. Um, but I think that there's an invitation in this passage to understand that there is a promise that God will make things beautiful in their time. Um, seven years ago, I had the worst year of my life. Uh, my life fell apart. It blew up. It, it, uh, I, I was in a school at Ames at Iowa State. I experienced trauma. I experienced a lot of difficult things. And uh, in that season, I lost my job, my school. I moved back with my parents. I had to like figure out my life again. I had to like rebuild my mental health. I mean, it was a really dark season of my life. And last weekend, Fabo, my mom, and I went to Ames, Iowa for the first time in seven years. 
Um, and it's worth knowing that like after seven years, every cell in my body, they say is different. And I was able to go back and it, it was healing because I realized that the, the really negative parts were really just 2% of what I experienced there. I learned English there. I moved to the United States there. I like had a older brother there and I lost that older brother there. Like I experienced a lot of life there and it was amazing to go back and realize that even that, even the mourning, even the death, even the war, even those things God could make beautiful. I could realize that they were a part of my story and a part of my chapter. And I could realize that that doesn't mean that they were easy, nor that they were good, nor that they were justified. Some of the things I experienced there, people shouldn't have done to me. And yet, I can recognize that that was a season and a chapter, and then it's a part of the beautiful story that God is crafting. When you know what time it is, when you know who you are, and when you know who's always with you, you can realize that if this season feels bitter, if this season feels like death, if this season feels like pain, that God, yes, God, can make it beautiful in its time. So my prayer for you is that you would understand that the question is not what, the question is when. The question is not what should we do, the question is what time it is. And when we know what time it is, we'll know how to love accordingly. Amen. Thank you.